Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Stephen Lamont, and welcome to The War Room, strictly on Spotify Podcast, the talk show where teenagers boast and rant about trending sports topics and try not to take things too personally. Today we have two very special guests. Our first guest is a two-time varsity second baseman for the John J. Cross River Indians. He batted 1,000 last year and carried the Indians to the playoffs. And his grandfather was the mayor of New York City in the 70s and almost filed the city for bankruptcy. Please give a big hand to Mr. Brandon Low Energy Beam Burnbaum. How you doing, Brandon? <laughs> How we doing? Uh, I don't know about that whole bankruptcy thing, but hey. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yep. Our second guest is quite the interesting fellow. Former junior varsity baseball player for the John Jay Indians, multiple-time Lewisboro recreational basketball power forward, and enthusiastic coach. He also successfully stopped the shooting streak of our dear friend Joey Sands while unequivocally nailing a three-pointer. Please welcome our next guest, the tactical Korean Mickey Shin. How you doing, Mickey? What's good, man? It's good to be here. Before I dive into today's topics, I just wanted to see how you guys were doing. You guys staying safe during quarantine? How's everyone's families? Like, what's going on? Um, I mean, we I've been maintaining uh, nothing bad. Um, everything's going well as well as it would be in quarantine. But yeah, it's really it. What about you, Brandon? What's going on? Uh, I'm pretty pretty sad, honestly, that our uh, senior year is ruined. Basically, no prom graduation definitely stings. But, you know, just hanging in there, getting the work done, glad school work is finally over, so mm-hmm. kind of just chilling. Okay, so for our first topic today is the remaining top free agents in the NFL and where their potential landing spots could be. Just for reference, the top remaining free agents right now are Cam Newton, Jadavian Clowney, Jason Peters, Logan Ryan, Devontae Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, and Carlos Hyde. Let's address the elephant in the room and talk about Superman Cam. Brandon... Where is Cam Newton going? What franchise will sign the former 2015 MVP? Well, the thing is here with Cam is that it's kind of complicated. Cam originally said that he wanted, he was not going to accept a backup role, which was a big deal because most teams right now um, have their starting quarterback. But reports recently came out that Cam said he was willing to accept a backup role. So that definitely expands the field tremendously for him. It opens up a lot of flexibility. He could pretty much sign anywhere. I could see him going to a team sort of in the middle of the season. Perhaps if um, a starter goes down, I could definitely see maybe the Colts, if Phillip Rivers goes down, um, picking him up, maybe the Jaguars. Um, I'm not 100% sold on where he's going to go, but I think if he's willing to accept a backup role, I think that, that will open up a lot of opportunity for him. Mickey, what's your take on Cam Newton? Who's going to sign him? Uh, I agree with Beam a lot on this. Um, you know, having the backup role as an option is very flexible for him. I mean, his last two games, he drew, like, what, one touchdown, pass rating sub-75. Well, no touchdowns, pass rating sub-75 and had an interception. Um, there's also concerns about his injury history, but if I were to see uh, two teams go after him, it would either be the Steelers or the Seahawks. I mean, there's been a report out that uh, the Seahawks might be intrigued by giving Cam a backup role to uh, to um, Wilson, and um, the Steelers might need a hair apparent to Ben. I mean, Ben's got, like, what, one, two good seasons maybe left max, and we saw what happened with um, the two quarterbacks last season. So, I mean, if you're going to give a front runner to a team, it's got to be the Steelers. Mm-hmm. 
Jadavian Clowney has been asking for a contract worth between 17 and 20 million a year. He played 13 games with four forced fumbles, one interception, and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Is he worth the hype and money? What are your thoughts, Mickey? Um, I mean, well, you've seen like his like his um like his price tag drop down like a couple million dollars over the past couple of weeks. He hasn't been really ex- like not experiencing or like getting any of that um hype as many of the other free agents sign it free agents have gotten. Um, I don't think like I mean I understand that um his numbers previously, but from this season they've been pretty pretty subpar compared to um what they were what they were previously. I've heard reports that he might go to the Eagles, but I I, I don't think we need him given our uh, D line and how he uh, took out Carson once in the wild card game. And um, there's been reports like he's going to go back to the Seahawks. Um, I'm not going to buy into the hype. Um, wherever he goes, he goes. But um, I'm. I'm just not really too sold on his talent. Brandon, what's your take? Based off last season. Yeah, I kind of disagree with that, Mickey. I think his talent is there, just more whether he can stay on the field. Um, heading into free agency, Clowney was um, expected to have a huge um, like interest from many teams, and he was hoping to get into that $20 million per year range. But obviously, as we can see here, teams are not as interested in bringing him in. They don't think that his price tag is worth it because of the injury history. He is a force on defense. He's just, we don't know if he can stay healthy for a full season. And that that's sort of where I think teams draw the line here with Clowney. And they will, they're will they not willing to um, drop that price tag on him if he's not going to be healthy. I think the talent's there. I just don't think that teams are willing to take risk. Mickey, you got anything else to add? Um, nothing, Logic. I agree a little bit with that. Um, Sure, like, he's been on the field that much. Uh, what are you, like, four and a half sacks last year, a couple forced fumbles, something along the lo- those lines, right? He's always there, though. He's always on, on, on defense. He's always pressuring the quarterback. He's always yeah, making yeah. plays. Uh, he, he's a very talented player. I mean, he's the number one overall pick for a reason. It's just whether he can stay healthy. And I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I think in the Giants scenario, if you want to – I mean, they don't have any cap space, but – uh, like before, I would have been okay giving him like five, ten million a year for like a one-year prove-it deal. Now, speaking of the Giants, let's talk about the NFC East really quickly. Usually, this division is dominated by the Cowboys or the Eagles, but sources leaked out saying that the Giants' head coach Joe Judge said that their style of offense for the 2020 season will mimic those of Jason Garrett's offense while he was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys for the past decade. Brandon, will this improve the Giants next season and potentially be a team to look out for? I mean, maybe not next year. The Giants are still, I'd say, a few years away from being a true contender. Um, We still need to see progression from Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, and this defense is still extremely young and unproven. But I really do, I am very excited about this new offensive look. Jason Garrett would run a lot of extra offensive linemen sets and he likes to utilize tight ends in the passing game, which I think will be very good for Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram is a lot more speedy and athletic version of Jason Witten, pretty much, who he had in Dallas. And I think that he will be able to utilize his um, his skill set very well. Uh, he likes to use a lot of motion in the run game, so he likes to motion out wide receivers, create diversion, distraction. I think he's very good. Um, the Giants have a lot of skill on offense. Saquon Barkley is a very, um, I think he's more talented than, than Ezekiel Elliott. I think that he'll be able to use him very well. Uh, he likes to take deep shots when um, 
like he likes to take deep shots when necessary, not all the time, but if he sees an opportunity, he'll go for it. I think Daniel Jones will thrive in this system. Uh, I'm not sure how well it'll affect them immediately. I still think the Eagles and the Cowboys are the alpha dogs of this division, but I think they are trending in the right direction. Mickey, what are your thoughts on the Giants next season? Um, I agree a lot with Bean, but um, I, I don't really have any optimism for them for uh, this season, um, especially like their first eight weeks, they might win one game. Um, I don't I don't think that's true. Uh, I mean, Brandon, Brandon, they play, they play, uh, who, who did they play the first eight weeks? I know they play, I know they play the division. They play the Steelers, which I think is at home. I think that's a possibility. No, it's a possibility, but it's a very low one. I mean, th- that defense by the Steelers is so good. I, I don't really see Daniel Jones. No, I'm not saying they're going to win, but I think that's not possible. They play the Redskins. Yeah, the Redskins. The Redskins are like the one team you're going to beat over those. I mean, first they play the Rams, who are very, uh, who are very hurt, or maybe, not hurt, but, but not as maybe. Big but as you team. you have like one guaranteed win there for your first eight weeks, and like maybe two or three toss ups. So I don't know about that, but I do agree when you're saying um, the team, the Giants are trending in the right in the right direction. Um, they've got some good um, offensive skill players. I mean, they've got a pretty good wide receiver depth, depth, depth chart. Evan Ingram's pretty good. Um, Saquon Barkley is an extremely good running back. Um, a lot of it is based off of Ken Daniel Daniel Jones and uh, Joe Judge uh, progressed as a coach, quarterback. Can, can, like, can that tandem be a, be a good one for the foreseeable future? Um, all, like, we have to also see, like, is Daniel Jones going to make like going to have a sophomore slump where he's going to improve a lot on it? Um, Joe Judge is like, I mean, he was the special teams coach for Bill Belichick. Like, some great things have been said about him, but, like, I mean, you're having a special teams coach be the head coach, so there's a lot of um, skepticism, I would say, maybe. But um, you guys, like, I mean, the Giants have, like, potential to be, like, a decent team in a couple years. But, um, like, in the near future, next year and next year, this year, um, I'm not looking too optimistic for you guys. Like, I'm going to say bottom of the pack. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not I'm not arguing that. I think the Giants are going to be another a team in the top ten in terms of the draft again next year. Yeah, they're still lacking uh, a big defensive end presence who can get to the quarterback, make plays like that. They don't have a solid edge rush. They don't know. Uh, they do need another wide receiver presence, as you said. They do have a good depth chart with Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, even. Yeah, they do need. Another wide receiver, I'd say. There are a lot of good wide receivers coming out of next year's class. I think that could be a very intriguing option in the top ten if they're picking there again. Um, I like where this team is headed. It's very young. I think it's very talented. They just need some time. I think in two or three years, I think they will definitely be contenders in the NFCs. Mickey, as an Eagles fan, you were originally upset with your guys' draft. Your guys' first-round pick wide receiver Jalen Ragor out of TCU only played 12 games in 2019. He had 611 yards for 43 receptions, 5 touchdowns, but averaged 14 yards per play. What are your expectations for him next season? Um, I see Jalen Ragor as a very fundamental uh, part of our, uh, 20, of our uh, 2020 offense. Um, his stat line may look may look very may look very poor as a first round draft selection in uh, in this in this year's amazing uh, wide receiver draft class, but you have to take into account that um, his quarterbacks have just been absolutely horrible. At TCU, they've put I think the statistic is roughly like 33 of um of um good throws have been thrown his way in his career. Um, there have been a lot of great 
great plays. He's made. He's a very athletic, very speedy guy. Um, the big thing we lacked last year on offense was speed. We saw what Deshaun Jackson did week one. Sure, it was against the Redskins, but we saw what he did. Those two great deep touchdowns. He had like over a hundred, over hundred ten some yards. Um, and we just lacked that once he went down. Like um, our best receiver was a college quarterback and he didn't really play with us till like week week 10 week 11 week 12 um adding Gio Rieger and adding a lot of those other wide receivers we got you know high tower we traded for Marquise Goodwin um that speed that presence on speed allows allows our guys underneath like Zach Ertz Goddard maybe guys like Alshon that still play and our running backs get open as well so it just spreads out our offense and makes us more a complete dynamic team yeah Jalen Rieger um is a very vertical a very big vertical threat, which the Eagles lacked a lot last year. Yeah. He's very explosive. He's very speedy. This was definitely a fit pick. A lot of Eagles fans were complaining about not getting Justin Jefferson. I don't think they should be too worried about that. Jalen Rieger is more of a fit in this Doug Peterson sort of system with Carson Wentz. I think that was a very solid pick, and I have yeah. complaints on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to agree when you're talking about, like, well, we had Justin Jefferson sitting there at 21, but um, Jefferson's a great player, but he just didn't really fit with the Eagles in their um, game, in their game plan and scheme as Rieger did, especially when we needed that speed from um, from Rieger. Mickey and Beam joining us on the show. You guys also drafted quarterback Jalen Hurts in the second round out of Oklahoma. Can you tell us what your thoughts were at the time of drafting him, and have your thoughts changed since? Man, I had no idea what the hell our franchise was doing when we drafted Jalen Hurts. He had a very funny reaction to that one. Man, that was that was just uh, really surprising and um, and frustrating. But looking looking back on it, I still would would just. Just this, I still dislike the pick, but um, having Jalen Hurts uh, puts up some options for this team in terms of um, both using him schematically in our scheme. Like we could have like some sort of Taysom Hill package, um, sort and like it would increase the um, increase uh, our offensive capability. With, like and having those two quarterbacks on on the field at the same time, it's uh, kind of tricky, kind of sneaky. Um, also, Jalen Hurts develops as a good backup and like does pretty well with these sort of plays. We can trade him and get some capital back, perhaps in the foreseeable future. And uh, I kind of just got to trust the, just got to trust the, um, the GM on this one. The Eagles have been a have long valued the backup quarterback position uh, in the McNabb era in the early two thousands was him and Jeff Garcia, um, and like that sort of philosophy. I mean, I don't know if that philosophy directly netted them well, but they were a pretty great team in the early 2000s and mid-2000s. Um, Vic and Foles was a great was a great um, QB tandem in the early 2010s. Brandon can know from experience what a, you know, Minneapolis miracle and all that. Um, and then Wentz and Foles again led us to a Super Bowl, so I just got to trust the franchise uh, with this decision. Brandon, Pro Football Focus gave the Eagles an A-minus for their draft. They drafted a linebacker out of Colorado and a safety out of Clemson after the first two rounds, and even later spent the rest of their picks on offensive line, linebackers, and wide receivers. How do you think the Eagles will perform next year, Brandon? Wait, they gave the Eagles an A minus? Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, I'm sort of just one second piggybacking off what Mickey said. The Eagles value the back of quarterback position tremendously. It's worked um, tremendously well. Um, especially when they made that Super Bowl run. Um, this is more of an investment um, on Carson Wentz. They, Carson Wentz is very injury-prone. He misses a lot of games, and the Eagles are going to need someone 
that might be able to come in and take a very well playoff ready team into the playoffs. Carson Wentz is not going to be the most reliable. Um, I'll be very, I'll be a very talented. Um, I don't think this was a horrible pick. Uh, I can definitely see the rationale for it, and um, yeah, I think I don't think it was that bad. I think many people were panicking because it was a high-level pick. But Jalen Hurts is a winning quarterback. He's a talented guy. I was very impressed with what I saw at Oklahoma, and I don't think that was that bad of a pick. But sorry, what was your question from before? Um, my main question was. How do you think the Eagles as a whole will perform next season with all those draft wow. picks? I, I think the Eagles are right there with the Cowboys to win this division. I think uh, the Cowboys have always shown that on paper that they're very talented, but they haven't been able to really produce and show um, showcase their talent when it really matters. I think the Eagles are still a very talented team. They have the pieces. Uh, they have dynamic weapons on offense. They still have a top offensive line in the league. Their defense is very talented um, on all three levels, pretty much. Their secondary improved tremendously. I think Darius Slay was a very good addition for them. I think that, I think they're very well set up to potentially win this division and even make a run in the playoffs. What are your thoughts on that, Mickey? Yeah, I got to agree with Beam. Um, I think we're a really complete team this year, but I mean, we say this all the time. But, um, Assuming the injuries don't plague us as they did the last two years, I think um, I agree with Beam. I think we win the division, and I think we make a good playoff push, assuming everything stays plan and most of our assets stay healthy. Now let me shift gears a little bit. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver issued a statement yesterday saying that within two to four weeks, basketball operations could possibly open up. First, I want to ask Brandon this question. Do you believe that we will be seeing NBA games in the near future and have the season continue? If so, in what fashion will we do it in? Will we have fans, no fans? What's your opinion? There, there will not be any games any time in the near future. I think there. I don't think they will cancel the season. I think we will see more games uh, with this season. If there are games, they will. They will guarantee there will be no fans. I mean, that's the only way they could really do it. Uh, you're not going to get governors to sign off on packing thousands of fans. Um, shoulder to shoulder in a, an arena uh, together. That's just not going to happen anytime soon. Um, I do believe they could work something out where they have like a remote location with um, lots of medical staff and lots of uh, immediate testing if need be. Um, I think if they play it safe, they could um, work something out where we do see more basketball just in a much different setting. Mickey, what are your thoughts on the commissioner's statement? Um, I, I mean, I agree with a lot of what Beam said here. Um, maybe in the foreseeable future, maybe in the summer, we'll have we'll have games for the NBA. But um, I agree with Beam. There's there's like there's no chance there's going to be fans allowed here. Um, and if fans are allowed back in sports, I don't think it happens till at a bare minimum in the fall. Um, but great job on Adam Silver for like assessing like, all right, well, the virus is is plateauing and decreasing so maybe in the maybe not now but maybe in a couple of weeks uh, we can start opening up uh, sports again adam silver did a fantastic job though he was the first oh, one the i agree i agree 100 yeah and then the dominoes started to fall with the ncaa and the mlb and nhl yeah yeah nhl i think he did a fantastic job with that and he's still continuing to do a fantastic job 
Mickey, do you believe that it is a good idea to start opening sports back up? And how much of a threat is the coronavirus to professional athletes? Um, the coronavirus is a threat directly to professional athletes is, I would say, very minimum or very minimal. But um, in terms of like a person-to-person spread and getting to getting to those more vulnerable in our, our, society, our society, it's a great reason why we shouldn't have fans in the arenas or stadiums to begin with. Um, that being said, I think sports do return, but like not, not until July at the very least. Um, in terms of a public uh, safety and public health sort of point of view, um, but I would I would bet on having uh, NBA on having the NBA and MLB back um, around the summer. With the likes of Arizona and Florida, they their um, their operations and their governments have given uh, permission to open sports back up. Do you think that New York, where we live, is going to take that route sooner or later? Uh, absolutely later. New York is the most has the most populated coronavirus cases in the entire country I don't think New York anytime soon uh, will have any sort of social gathering of more than I don't know 50 people Um, I don't see it anytime soon I think I think Florida was very premature in opening up their um, opening up their states but I mean that's a different conversation uh, I don't think that New York will see any sports, at least in New York. There could be games like in different parts of the world or the country with New York sports teams, but I don't think we'll be seeing any games in Yankee Stadium or City Field or Madison Square Garden anytime soon. Right. Many sources in the mainstream media believe that this virus will peak again in the fall, and others speculate. Brandon, do you believe that we will see an upward trend again in the fall, and could this possibly harm the NFL season? It could, yeah. I mean, the it, if people and um, like if people in sports start to open up too soon and start to gather too soon before this thing is put away, we could definitely see an uptick in cases. Anthony Fauci definitely said that. Um, if Trump and many others decide to open up the country sooner rather than later, it'll be a, cat- a catastrophe where we'll see a very big uptick in cases, and that could very well affect the NFL season. Mickey, what are your thoughts on the issue? Um, I mean, do I mean I'm not really a medical professional, but I'm not I'm I'm not going to say coronavirus directly threatens the NFL in the fall. Um, as a society, I think we're doing a great job of resisting the coronavirus in terms of um, resi- resisting its spread and um, and stopping the flow of the virus taking taking effect, flattening the curve, et cetera, et cetera. Um, just wearing a mask alone does so much. Um, you can see how that how that played out in Sweden, how um, schools are still open and, and all that, but they just wear a mask and their and their uh, COVID per capita is uh, significantly less than us. Yeah, we're not going to see NFL players wearing. Masks. I I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Hundred percent. Um, but that being said, um, I just I just don't really see another spike of the disease if we just you know practice um, just washing hands, wearing masks. Other than that, yeah, I mean, I th- I think the NFL will be ready for a season. I'm not sure if fans, but um, I think they'll be ready for a season in the fall. We can only hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, before I let you guys go, uh, I just want to thank you for hopping on the show. Uh, it really means a lot to me. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely had a lot of fun. 
um, asking you guys questions and having you guys debate. And hopefully I'll see y'all in the near future. Yeah, thanks for having us. Steve. All right, yeah. thank you, man. All right, yep. cool. I'll see you guys later, all right? Yep. Thanks, all right. man. Bye. Well, that concludes our first segment of The War Room. Thank you all for listening and tune in on Spotify Podcasts every day for a new episode. Thank you again, and I'll see you tomorrow.